Thank you for having me again. Uh, it's uh, always good to be with you and uh, to worship and share the word, the word of God with you. <clears throat> On Easter Sunday, the Christian believers around the world celebrated the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That was uh, the right thing to do because Jesus is risen so we can be saved. He is risen so we can be forgiven. <coughs> he is risen so we can overcome the power of death. He is risen so we can get united with Christ. He is risen so we can become the children of God. He is risen to destroy the power of the, <clears throat> of the death and to crush the head of the devil. He is risen so God can become our father. He is risen so we can be, <clears throat> we can have a hope for eternal life. Jesus is risen so the Holy Spirit can become our counselor, our teacher, our comforter. He is risen so the, the Christian believers can one day sit with him at the right hand of God. And he is risen so we can be reconciled with God. He is risen so the Christian believer can have a unique peace in the heart. He is risen so we can preach with a conviction and the power, the gospel, the good news. He is risen so we can have one hope and one faith. He is risen so we can become one nation <clears throat> with one Father, one Savior, one Holy Spirit by whom we all cry, Abba. Father, he is risen so we can have one baptism, one home, which is God's kingdom, one leader, one king of the kings, and he can become, Jesus can become our good shepherd forever. All of these privileges are given to the Christian believers who have seen the risen Jesus by faith. <coughs> That's why the Christian believer need to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus every day. Not only to wait for Eastern Sunday to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. Each time we wake up, we should remember that he is risen. Each time we wake up, we should remember that he is alive and he is coming soon. By remembering, by remembering the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ every day, we declare that the resurrection is the foundation of salvation, the foundation of God's mercy, and the foundation of 
Christian life. The death and the resurrection of Jesus took place more than 2,000 years ago. You and I were not there. But the Christian believer of all time have seen and continue to see the risen Jesus by faith. By faith, you believe in his death and resurrection. By faith, you believe that he is the only way to God the Father. By faith, you know that he is the only giver of the eternal life. And by faith, you know that he is the only one who can give life. And by faith, you know that he is the only truth that can set all of us free. By faith, we accept that Jesus is the unique son of God, our Savior. <clears throat> there is a message for all those who have seen the risen Jesus by faith. The message for you and me is to go and tell others that he is risen. Tell them he is no longer among the dead, but he is risen and he is alive. Tell them that he is risen to provide the salvation, to wipe away the sin, to take away all kinds of brokenness, to provide forgiveness, to offer the lasting peace, to give a new heart, to give a new mind, and to make all Christian believers new people with a new worldview. When Mary met the risen Jesus, he told her, go and tell his brothers that he is risen. <clears throat> when the two traumatized disciples with broken heart saw and recognized the risen Jesus, they stood up and returned to Jerusalem and tell other disciples that it is true. He is risen. On the resurrection Sunday evenings, the disciples of Jesus gathered in a room and in fear, they locked the door. But the reason Jesus came, came in and revealed himself to them. Then he told them, peace be with you. As the Father sent me, so I send you. <laughs> to Peter, after seeing the risen Jesus many times, and after Peter confirmed that he loves the Lord, Jesus told him, take care of my sheep. When the risen Jesus met the, the, 11, the 11 disciples, on the hill in Galilee, he told them, I have been given all authority in heaven and on the earth. Go then, tell all peoples everywhere and make them my disciples. Baptize them 
in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything I have commanded you, and I will be with you always to the end of the age. To the apostle and many others, the reason Jesus said, but when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will be witnesses for me in Jerusalem, in all of Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. The disciples of Jesus had to wait to receive the divine power of the Holy Spirit. Then they started witnessing, witnessing about the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. They needed the power of the Holy Spirit to speak boldly, to speak bravely about the death and the resurrection of Jesus. However, the Christian believer who we are, we receive the Holy Spirit when we believe in Jesus Christ as our Savior. When the Christian believer receives the Holy Spirit, they are transformed. They become transformed people. They are empowered for spiritual growth. They are empowered to spread the good news. They are empowered to fight the good fight with the devil. They are empowered to have a victory on temptation. They are empowered for successful Christian life. They are empowered for witness or ministry. In this way, the Holy Spirit becomes an agent who works within us, who works with us in order to accomplish God's mission or God's will. In short, when the Holy Spirit comes to our life, we get it transformed and he remains with us. He works with us. He speaks to us and he leads us. As you know, God the Father gave us Jesus Christ, his only son. And it's what we always read in John 3, 16. As we, <clears throat> for God so loved the world that he gave his own, his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Jesus Christ, the son of God, he gave us eternal life. He gave us a salvation. As it is said, salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. It's only the name of Jesus. If the Father gave us the Son, and the Son gave us the salvation, the Holy Spirit reveals Christ in our heart and gives us faith. 
On this point, Paul said, Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. For the Corinthians 12, 3. <clears throat> Therefore, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are working together to save us from the spiritual death we inherited from Adam, our ancestor. Free God in one work together to transform our life, to give us a new heart, to grant us a new mind, to give us a new life, to provide a new home, and to make us a part of a new family like this one, where all of us are one without distinguishing between who we are or between uh, our origin. And they, have, and they work to give us a new identity. You and I, we are served. You and I, we are follower of, uh, followers of Christ. You and I, we are children of God. Those are the description of our new identity in Jesus. And God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit together work to lead us to the presence of God. As the Christian believers, we all need the power of the Holy Spirit. Because without the power of the Holy Spirit, we become useless believers. We can go weary, tired, weak without the power of the Holy Spirit. We will get spiritually dried without the power of the Holy Spirit. We will feel all the time like dead people without hope, without the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit does a lot. The Holy Spirit pulls the unbeliever out of the scene or out of the world and points them to Jesus for salvation. The Holy Spirit speaks in a special way to the lost and convicts them of sin. The Holy Spirit steps again in the life of a new believer to teach, to provide the understanding of the word of God. As the Christian believer continues to confess sins, and to seek forgiveness, the Holy Spirit helps all of us in that way on the journey of sanctification in order to make us live holy, holy life before the Lord. He helps us to make, to make us more like Jesus Christ by convicting us from sin and by leading us to repentance. The Holy Spirit reminds us all the time 
about our weakness. He provided wisdom. He provided the knowledge of God. He empowered Christians to fear the Lord. And he attributes gift to believers for the education, edification of the, uh, of the church. The Holy Spirit also helped us to bear good fruit, as Paul described in Galatians 5, 22 through 25. And the Holy Spirit is the voice of God to the believers. And he is the voice or the advocate of the believer before God. That's why the Apostle Paul said, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Holy Spirit himself intercede for us through wordless groans. Romans 8, 26. God has done everything for us through Jesus and through the Holy Spirit. Even when we don't know how to pray, when we don't have the right word to say, when we don't have the right expression, the Holy Spirit is transforming our mind. He's taking it to God. He's making it so God can understand our needs, our prayer. Hallelujah. This is what the Holy Spirit can do. Taking us before the God, bringing God to us in our life. In this way, to be those who have seen the risen Jesus, those who have received the Holy Spirit, the power, we need to understand that the Holy Spirit is any agent of extending God's grace to the lost or to the sinners. It's why Jesus said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and then to the end of what? The earth in Acts 1.8. Here is the power of the gospel, the message of the birth of the suffering, of the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ is a message without a frontier. It's a message without a barrier. It's a message without a limit. The message of Christianity penetrates all culture. It penetrates any, any given worldview. It's a message given to all nations and the tribes. And it's a message without discrimination. It's a message of the saving grace. So that's why it could not stay in Jerusalem. It could not even stay only in Judea. It had to go beyond the Judea to the earth. And it's what is making who we are even now. I am a Congolese, an African. 
you are American. But because of the power of the Holy Spirit, because of the saving works God has done, there is no difference again between Congolese and American, African, Asian, Latin American. All us, all those who believe in Jesus, have become one. That's a mystery and the power of the Holy Spirit. And so when we receive that message, the Holy Spirit is working in our heart, uh, where to take the, uh, the gospel, where the gospel is not heard yet. We need to go. What do we need to know uh, to do? So people in our community who do not know Jesus, so they can come to know Jesus. That's what Jesus said. Go. Seeing the risen Jesus, received the power, to do God's work, to be on mission. As we are on this mission, we have to know that God's mission message for us, the content is simple. The content of that message is always about, about Jesus, but not about something else. It is, it is a message without confusion or without human philosophy. Go and tell them that he is risen. Go to all nations and make them the disciples. Baptize them and teach them. That's the content of our message. So our own worldview, our own philosophy, our own background, whatever it is, has to go away and leave the word of God to be listened and to be preached. But remember, the mission will not be always easy. When Jesus sent the 12 and the 70 disciples on the mission work, he asked them to do not take any provision. They had to depend completely on God. But later on, Jesus told them, but now, if you have a purse, take it. And also a bag, take it. And if you don't have any sword, sell your cloak and buy one. In Luke 22, verse 38. This means that the mission works, the Christian believer, believers have to be involved in is not going to be easy. There will be a lot of opposition. There will be a lot of persecution. There will be a lot of hostility against you or against the disciples. It's what happened to Paul himself. He was beaten many times. He was put to jail and so on. Some people will not like to accept the message. They will mock you. They will look down on you. But you have to do it because the Lord said so. You have seen him. You have heard his message. You have received the power you need to be on it. 
And remember, you are not alone. Because Jesus said, I will be with you until the end of the world. Some obstacles, some handicaps cannot only be coming from outside. Sometimes it's also from within us. Our unbelief can be the major barrier to testify about Jesus. Our own confusion about the gospel, about the true uh, uh, message of God can be a barrier. Stress in life, fear, brokenness, doubt, selfishness can also be a barrier. Double life is tender. Life in sin. Lack of confession. Impossibility to offer forgiveness to those who have hurt you in the past can also be a problem for yourself. We don't need to always make excuses. Sometimes it's about the time, it's about this, but when only we are busy satisfying only our desire, our ego. Dear brothers and sisters, by faith you have seen the risen Jesus. Go and spread the gospel. Go and spread the good news. The Holy Spirit is the power of God for salvation, for solid Christian life, for unity among the Christians, for lovely fellowship between the believers, for the renewal of the image of Christ in us and for the witness in the darkness. We need to have an active faith rather than a passive faith. Any active faith makes you to reach out to others, to share with others the good news, to love your neighbor like yourself. Let's be those who have seen the risen Jesus, who have a power, who have a transformed life, and who have a passion about God's mission. May God bless his word. Amen.